Good day, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. So we know a little more about what happened in Oxford, Michigan, earlier this week at the high school where a 15-year-old is charged now with uh, killing four of his school classmates and injuring several more people this week. Um, We want to begin the show today just talking about what happened, what our reactions are to what happened, and maybe begin to think about the things that we might do differently, differently in schools, differently in our culture with regard to guns, who has access to them, how we hold people responsible for the things that happen with their guns, and of course, with violence, the idea that so many people resort to unimaginable violence to solve what problems they have. One of the things we learned yesterday is that Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald is going to charge 15-year-old Ethan Crumbly with one count of terrorism causing death, four counts of first-degree murder, seven counts of assault with intent to murder, and 12 counts of possessing a firearm in commission of a felony. McDonald says her office is considering even more charges in the near future, including possible charges against both of Crumbly's parents. Now, remember that the gun he used in the high school this week was purchased by his father, apparently, on Black Friday. It's something he should never have gotten his hands on. And the idea of holding his parents responsible for this is something that I think all of us ought to think really hard about why don't we do that more often? Meanwhile, the community of Oxford and all of Southeast Michigan continues to shoulder the weight of more senseless violence and the crushing grief that uh, accompanies it. There is just a lot of emotion out there right now about all of this. And so we're making space here on the show today for all of us to talk through what we're feeling, and what we're thinking. How are you doing with this news? What are you feeling? Is it sadness, grief, anger, fear? It's probably some mix of all of those things, if you're anything like me. And what do you want to see happen to address this seemingly endless cycle of gun violence in our schools and elsewhere in America? It's a really old question at this point. We've really been dealing with this level of violence for almost a generation in our country. There are young adults who don't remember a time when they weren't fearful to go to school on certain days. There are lots of people who think about going to the mall or going to work or the grocery store really differently than they used to because of the fear of of gun violence, random gun violence. 
So call and tell us what you're thinking about, how you're feeling about all this, how you're processing it. As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and uh, we'll work you into the conversation that way. To start us off today uh, with our conversation is someone who's been in the middle of this tragedy for the past two days, almost immediately after the news reports started to come out about the shooting that was happening at Oxford High School. You saw Oakland County Executive Dave Coulter there talking to families, talking to authorities about what is going on in his jurisdiction here in Southeast Michigan. Dave Coulter, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thank you, uh, Stephen, for having me. And, and, and also, thank you for creating this space for, as you said, people to be able to express what they're feeling. Because, boy, there's sure a wide range of, of feelings that, that, that change by the minute and multiple feelings at the same time. And it's, it's a really difficult time for all of us. And I appreciate you creating that space for this discussion. Yeah, of course. So, as I said in the open, you were one of the faces that I saw first on television on the scene there in Oxford, talking with parents, talking with authorities about what had happened that day. Give me a sense now of how you're feeling in the wake of this tragedy. Yeah, um, and and I was. Um, even though this was obviously a criminal incident and the sheriff's department takes the lead on that, our role in that is to stand up, and we did very quickly, an emergency operations center. It's to gather people from all different, not only departments of the county, but around the county, schools and the like, to say, what do we know uh, to be true, and what do we need to do to address this? And I will tell you, I, you know, I, I was in that EOC, as we call it, uh, all day and most of the evening, and it was like being in the eye of a hurricane. You know, uh, there's all this mass confusion and questions and, and horror going on around in, in Oxford and, and through our communities. But in that space, I witnessed professional first responders uh, doing their job. They do train for this. They hope and pray that they never have to activate their plans, but they do plan for it. And I got to witness some really heroic people behind the scenes that in a very calm and professional manner addressed an unbelievable tragedy. Uh, and that's kind of how I spent that first day, uh, being both impressed by them. And then just, you know, the magnitude and the horror of something like this sort of, it, it shocks you and then it creeps up on you in lots of different ways. And I've had a mix of emotions, obviously, over the last two, two and a half days. But um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm more grateful than ever for the, the, the first responders. And that in, it includes, obviously, the sheriff deputies and all of those folks, but also the, the countless people behind the scenes that uh, make sure that we understand what's happening and are responding in an appropriate way. Yeah. So before we went on air today, there was news that public schools in Bloomfield Hills, Holly, Rochester, Troy, Warren, Clarkston, Lake Orion, Wald Lake, and Clawson were all closing today because of threats of school violence that are circulating on social media. Since we've gone on air, that list has grown, and 
now there are more than a dozen local school districts that are closing. Uh, what's happening here, and and how concerned do you think people in your county and in other places in Metro Detroit ought to be about this? Um, well, first of all, I think we all need to be concerned, and we need to be really aware of what we're seeing on social media. We have to take every uh, everything that we see seriously and, and, and don't uh, assume that it's it's not meant to be real. But having said that, what we know is whenever events like this happen, for whatever psychological reason, and I am not sure I can address that, but we know that after these kinds of events, copycat type behavior happens. Uh, there's an increased amount of threats that look like that. And, and it's it's become an oddly normal part of these events. So our law enforcement, and not just at the county, but local law enforcement, uh, police departments and the like, have been on uh, on, on high alert uh, for additional threats, just because this is a, unfortunately a typical thing that happens. And so those those kinds of warnings escalated to a point yesterday evening and again this morning to a point where they said, we're just going to err on the side of caution. It doesn't mean that these are credible threats, but they have to assume that everything is credible <clears throat> and take everything seriously. So I applaud them for, you know, taking the rather dramatic step of pausing uh, until we can sift through what's real and what's not, um, because there's a lot of chatter out there, and and it just you know it makes a terrible situation mm-hmm. that much worse. Yeah. So I'm talking with Dave Coulter. He's Oakland County Executive, and we're talking about what happened just a few days ago at Oxford High School. Uh, a 15 year old came into the school <laughs> with a gun and shot and wounded many people and killed four students. Uh, We're talking about how we are all reacting to this news, this kind of shock and awe of a tragic event right here in the community uh, that we all share here in Southeast Michigan. Uh, What are you thinking about what was happening at Oxford High School a few days ago? What are you thinking about what's happening now in reaction to it? What do you think about the charges that the Oakland County prosecutor has filed against uh, against 15-year-old Ethan Crumbly. What do you think about the the violence that our children who are in school, some of them who are now young adults, have witnessed and experienced while they're growing up, this random shooting violence that uh, visits on us from time to time. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, uh, or go to go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we can work you into the conversation. Uh, we've already got a number of calls queued up to talk about this, and of course, a lot of social media comments but before we get to listeners, uh, Dave, I want you to talk just a little about what you think the community in Oxford needs right now and what the county is doing and can do to get them what they need. I, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, even though this seems very close to home and it is and seems very uh, proximate to our lives, it's it's difficult to quite fathom what people who have experienced this directly are going through. That this is this is a 
absolute uh, disruption to every part of their lives uh, in that community. Uh, it's a, one of the communities that uh, that you serve as Oakland County Executive. Give us a sense of what you're hearing from the people there about their needs and how we get them met. Yeah, um, that's a great question, uh, Stephen. And one of the things I realized right away is that uh, while this is an incredibly devastating experience for those four young people, Tate, Madison, Hannah, and Justin, let's just say their names, and their families and their loved ones, uh, it, it, tragedies like this affect all of us in some way. You know, they, they, really, they really tear at, our, at our, our sense of security. I mean, in a place like a school, that should be a place where we can feel safe and at peace, and that has been disrupted. And, and so all of us are affected uh, in some sort of way, and that ha- we have to take a holistic approach to that uh, and be mindful of that. There's, there's things that the county can do in that regard, uh, you know, around mental health. You know, I certainly want to say to folks uh, that there is no shame in feeling some kind of way and wanting to reach out and get some sort of Uh, therapeutic support to process what you're feeling because that is normal. So please don't feel shame in that. Um, But I'd say at this point, the the community, and I want to define community a little bit too, because uh, Oxford schools are uh, schools of choice, uh, which means uh, folks from other communities go there. there, So Oxford is a large school district for a small community. So that means there are people from the, the South end of Genesee County, uh, a lot of students there from Clarkston, from the Pontiac, um, which may surprise some of your listeners, but there's a significant population of students from Pontiac. So it, it's not just about the Oxford community. I'm always mindful to say the Oxford uh, school community because, it, you know, so this affects, you know, so many uh, communities directly and then the rest of us indirectly. And so, it, you know, it, it's, it's overwhelming. And, you know, certainly you've described it accurately. There's a sense right now of shock and, and trauma that people are processing. Uh, so that's why the mental health part of it is, is crucial. There are a number of vigils and community support uh, events that are being organized uh, almost hourly. And this is, I think, just our natural response to want to be with each other, to hug each other and support each other. Uh, and that's where we're at now. I mean, that's literally, you know, the first stage of grief is, is literally uh, where we're at now and and um but going forward i will tell you that that is going to recede we're going to process this in our own minds and we're going to start to think next about those questions that you've raised um but right now uh we haven't even buried these four young people and and so they're uh, th- this is a community and not just oakland county but you know southeast michigan and frankly i hope in america for all decent people um, that that are once again reacting to a situation that we've seen all too often. Yeah, yeah. Again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number here on the phones. Let's start today with Cindy in Gross Point. Cindy, welcome to the show. Thank you. For, mm-hmm. Thank you for having this show today. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Cindy. Um, yeah, I I just um, wanted to talk about the the gun that was purchased i believe the information is that it was purchased by the father and it was in the home and um i have two young children one in high school one in middle school 
and um, if there was, you know, something dangerous uh, in the home, it is first and foremost the responsibility of the parent to make that environment safe. And the children's brains are not fully developed to make all of the right choices. Mm-hmm. And I'm not excusing this child for doing this, but the ownership of what is at their fingertips has got to start at home. The teachers are doing an amazing job, and the parents and, and community, yes, everyone's doing what they can, but it's not enough. It is not enough to just, this kid was able to get to something he shouldn't have had access to. Yeah. Cindy, I, I really appreciate your your call, and uh, I mean, I can just hear the emotion in your voice, and I think a lot of people are feeling a lot of things about the news that 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 we're getting, you know, over time, and it, it changes almost hourly in, in terms of what we are still learning about what happened. But you're right that that this idea that uh, a weapon purchased by an adult wound up in the hands of a child and ended up being used to kill four other children is is really hard to swallow. It's really hard to understand how that happens. But but again, to to think about what the response should be. Uh, Dave Coulter, you're not the prosecutor in um, in Oakland County. You're not a legislator in Lansing, but you do represent that community and this idea of responsibility, I think, is one of the things that ultimately I think we're going to end up needing to talk about here. Uh, And you're right that right now we're in that stage where we need to respect the the grief space for the families who are affected and and the community, the school community that was affected. But the question of responsibility is is creeping up really quickly, I think, and and it's it's a difficult one to sort through. It it, it is, and and I want to speak for the prosecutor. You're right; I am not the prosecutor, but she has indicated uh, that uh, part of her uh, part of what she's looking at and part of what the investigation has been about is the purchase of the gun, where it was, what did the you know what did the parents know about that. Um, and that's been, you know, that is something that she's looking at. She's made that very clear. She understands the responsibilities of the parents, and she's trying to make a judgment in terms of what their, you know, criminal culpability will be. I want to be clear, uh, you know, we're innocent until proven guilty. And right now those parents are, you know, uh, dealing with their own um, issues with a family member. But uh, to the extent that the, the prosecutor finds culpability there, I know she's going to. And she said quickly, because speed is of the essence here. We need to get to the truth and, and know the facts, but we need to do it in, 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 a, in, a, in a way that's quick because, uh, things have a way of spiraling in these situations, and the rumors and the and the anger starts to build. Uh, and so, I think she's doing an amazing job, frankly, of of, of sorting through uh, the information that she's received from the investigation and and trying to make these charging decisions as quickly as possible. And uh, she, uh, I applaud the the decisions that she made yesterday. I think it showed that she was very serious 
uh, about bringing the most uh, the, the strictest charges she could, uh, and I I applaud her for that because the safety of our of our of our county and our school and our country it really depends on on taking these things as seriously as possible. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Dave, uh, take care take care of yourself. Take care of uh, the people in Oxford and of Oakland County. I know you're working hard to try to help everybody out uh, processing all this and getting the space they need for for grief and and healing. But I really appreciate you coming here. Uh, to to talk with our listeners today. Thanks so much. I appreciate you as well, Stephen. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about what happened in Oxford this week at the high school. We're going to talk with a young activist who's trying to end the epidemic of gun violence. And uh, we're going to talk about her work as the founding president of the Wayne State University chapter of Students Demand Action. We'll also hear about the ways in which this kind of violence has really shaped the world for so many young people. It's something that people my age, now in my 50s, don't really understand or relate to in a really personal way. We'll also continue to hear from you on the phones. David in Detroit, Tyler in Gross Point Farms. We'll get to you next. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number. You can also go to social media and put comments there and be part of the show that way. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Bringing you news that matters. Stories that impact your life. Music from the Motor City and around the world. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. We're talking this hour, much of this hour, about what happened in Oxford earlier this week at the high school. A 15-year-old who acquired a gun, went to school, and shot uh, several people, uh, killing four, four students, four of his classmates. Uh, a shocking event here in southeast Michigan and something that we are learning more and more about each day. We want to spend time today hearing from you about how you're feeling how you're reacting to what happened in Oxford and what you're thinking about the future. What should it look like? What should we be doing to make these things less likely to happen? And how do we react in a way that makes the responsibility for this clear? In other words, what are the things that we need to be doing to uh, respond directly to the 15-year-old who did this to his parents, perhaps to the school community. What was school like for Ethan Crumbly? What was going on in his life that inspires this kind of reaction? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation 
that way. I also want to welcome another voice to this conversation, a really important voice. Megan Dombrowski is founding president of the Wayne State University chapter of Students Demand Action, which is a national organization of students that is calling for policies meant to curb gun violence in America. Megan Dombrowski, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. So I, I, I want to start with your reaction. What are you thinking and feeling in the wake of what happened in Oxford this week? Absolutely. So my heart really just goes out to all of those um, in the Oxford community and everyone across Michigan, um, because we're really feeling um, that pain all throughout um, our state. And so my first reaction when the the shooting occurred and when I heard news is um, immediately, you know, I was shocked. But in another sense, I wasn't so much shocked because we're seeing a gun violence epidemic in our country where 100 Americans are being shot and killed every day and more than 200 are wounded. Um, and so, you know, it was just a matter of time until a tragedy like this struck close to home. Mm. So a video uh, has gone viral of students huddled in a classroom during this shooting in Oxford. I've watched it a few times. I actually can't watch much more. I mean, it is it's pretty shocking itself. Some people, though, have noted how calm the students seem to be in that situation, despite being very frightened and with good reason. It, it, it seems like they've been really well prepared for something like this to happen. And I wonder if you can talk as, you know, a college student, somebody who was recently in K-12. Um, does that surprise you? And, and, Talk just a little about the frame of mind that children this age have about this kind of violence. I, I, I get the sense that for you, there is a normalcy associated with the threat of this kind of event that I might not have experienced when, when, when I was that age. I, I'm wondering if you've seen this video and uh, if you can talk about sort of what your experience was in, in, in schools. Absolutely. And yeah, normalcy has definitely become the watchword. Um, you know, we're sort of known as the school shooting generation. We've only grown up knowing this reality where students can go to school and not come home due to gun violence. Um, and that's something a lot of our lawmakers haven't experienced. And that's, you know, something I wonder is if they, have, you know, if they experienced this, would they be more quick to act? And, you know, as someone who was just in high school, active shooter drills were an act, it were something that regularly occurred. And um, ultimately, I think students have just become so numb to the reality we're facing today with gun violence, because um, even though um, we're talking in, you know, the context of a school shooting, we're not only, we're not only, um, thinking about we're not only accustomed to gun violence in our schools, but also outside of the school walls. Um, when you talk about firearm suicide and domestic violence and police shootings, um, this is something that's really uh, a really big aspect of a lot of our lives. Hmm. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, put comments there, and we can work you into the conversation that way. 
Let's go to Lori in Oxford. Lori, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Hi. Hi Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, my sons are students at Oxford High School, mm-hmm. and they were in attendance the day that the um, shooting happened. And, um, you know, after everything happened, I, I talked to my kids, and um, my one son, um, Liam, I couldn't, I couldn't get a hold of him, and he wasn't in the Meyer parking lot when everybody else was there after the shooting. And uh, he said to me, Mom, um, my friends and I had made a plan a while ago that if there was ever a shooting at the school, that we wouldn't go to Myers because we were concerned that there might be a second shooter and we'd be sitting ducks. Mm. So when we climbed out the window, we went to the Senior Citizen Center. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but, but I, I, you know, and that's, that's cunning and it is intelligent and it is at the same time absolutely frightening that, that your child has to think that way, right? Come up with an alternative plan for something like this to happen. But but tell me a little more about what you felt when you couldn't find him, when you didn't know where he was. Oh, my word. It, it was unbelievable. Um, so I have, I have two boys um, that attend the school. And um, my son, um, my first son, he uh, sent me a text and said, Mom, there's a shooter in the building. I just want you to know I love you and I'm okay. And, um, you know, I texted him back and I said, I said, thank you. But he put me in a group text with my husband and my son and um, uh, my other son. Sorry. I'm, um, and I couldn't I, I said, Liam, where are you? Um, you're not answering. And mm-hmm. uh, it took a long time to get a hold of him. So when he after the event happened, he crawled out the window. His phone had fallen out of his pocket. And I couldn't get a hold of them. And so then I was trying to reach friends and try to find out if anybody who, you know, both my sons knew had seen him. Um, it was it was pretty awful. Uh, and, and just, um, you know, finally, through friends and friends and friends, we, we, we found out that he was okay. And he was at the Senior Citizen wow. Center. But that took probably almost an hour to find out where he was at. And it was just, um, I, I can't even tell you um, what I went through. So, so I do want to. I, I really appreciate your call and your sharing all of these experiences, Lori. But before I let you go, I want to ask you if you can talk just a little about what it's like to parent in this era. We were talking with a, a young person, a college student who grew up at the time when all of us kind of got used to this. Um, uh, talk about the the innocence that your children probably don't have anymore because of incidents like this and the the, the need to, to constantly be shaping their decisions and their world around the possibility of this, this happening. I mean, it, it, it's not something I assume that you grew up with. So this is, this is new. It, it is new. And, um, you know, it is, challenging navigating that and and honestly you know as much as uh as i talk to my children you know about awareness um you you can't take away um all the things that that make childhood wonderful you know wonder and 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 the little bit of innocence that i feel like has been stolen from them right now um you know just uh, right now we're just taking it one day at a time and 
that's really all we can do. Um, it just, I guess it did surprise me um, to hear my son say that, you know, that they had actually talked enough to, to have a plan and then have that come to fruition. You know, I think it's just really uh, mind numbing just yeah. to think about that. Yeah. Lori, I really love that you called uh, to share all this today with, uh, with our listeners. And I want to extend on behalf of all of us, you know, our deepest condolences about what happened in your community and, and hope that there is space for you guys to, to grieve and heal and, and move on from this. But, but Laura, I really, really appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephen. Take care. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to get back to our guest, Megan Dombrowski here before we go back to more calls and social media uh, uh, comments, but before I do, I want to I want to get a couple comments in here that I want to have you react to. So Peter on Twitter says, "I'm strongly opposed to trial as adults for children who commit serious crimes. When we do that, we're really sca- scapegoating children for the failings of adults. That isn't justice. That is retribution. Ethan Crumbly is a child." What he did does not change that fact. Uh, I also want to go to a caller who has a similar idea, David in Detroit. David, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning, Stephen. Um, You're talking about emotions, and I want you to know that I'm numb over this because I've gone through this every time we inadvertently bombed a hospital or a school or or a, a, a wedding party in Iraq and Afghanistan. So, I mean, this is this feeling that Oxford had is multiplied around the world by 100-fold. Um, also, remember, I mean, I don't know, I'm a young baby boomer, but I remember expecting nuclear war any minute uh, and doing the nuclear drills in school and doing stop, drop, and roll. And so I was traumatized in my own way in preparing for this. Mm-hmm. But I'm with Cindy and I'm with the, the Twitter responder in that um, I think that it's uh, bogus to try a child as an adult. A child is a child. Unless he shows the emotional maturity, the decision-making ability of an adult, then he should. I believe he should be tried as a, a child. And I also want to point to uh, the hypocrisy in a lot of people who say that uh, the parents should have kept the weapons put away. And as far as we know, they did, right? The people wanting to charge the parents, a lot of the people who are wanting to charge the parents are the very same people who applauded Kyle Rittenhouse's mm-hmm. mother mm-hmm. for driving him to the riot with an with a assault rifle. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, David, I really appreciate your call and and your response to all of this as well. I think those are those are really important thoughts for all of us to be to be considering right now. Um, Megan Dombrowski, I I, I do want to get your sense of uh, the, the, the possible changes. What are the things that you are advocating for reform? Uh, You can talk about how we ought to be charging people who do this. I suppose that's one question. But I think there are lots of other questions about how we respond to this that, that your group is working on. 
Absolutely. And what we're trying to do um, at Students in Action is really look um, at ways how we can prevent another um, tragedy like this from happening. Um, and so Oxford, what happened in Oxford really just underlined that there's never been a more important time for state lawmakers, our federal lawmakers, and even our school boards to take action on common sense policies and programs that are proven to make schools safer. Um, and one of these things that can be done at a local level at school districts um, is um, implementing secure storage notification policies to make sure that parents know um, it's their responsibility, um, responsibility to keep guns securely stored um, because we've really seen a spike in gun sales since the pandemic. And so um, from six years ago, there was 4.6 million children living in um, homes with unsecured firearms. Um, and now that number has spiked to 5.4. So it's really incumbent upon um, our community and our school boards to make sure that parents are modeling responsible gun ownership if they are choosing to um, possess a firearm. Yeah. Okay, Megan Dombrowski, it was really great to have you here to talk about your work with Students Demand Action. Thanks so much for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thank you. Okay, we are going to take another quick break and when we come back, we're gonna change the subject. Yesterday, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in a case that could decide the fate of Roe v. Wade and as a result, abortion rights across the country. I'm gonna talk with Slate legal correspondent Dahlia Lithwick about what we heard and what it might mean for the future of reproductive rights here in America. Stay tuned for more Detroit Today.